Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on Election Day, Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. Yes, it is Election Day. Polls opened at 6 a.m. and will remain open until 9 p.m. throughout Long Island and New York State voting. This year is for Suffolk County Executive and Suffolk County Legislatures and several other town supervisor races and other town elections across eastern Long Island. Candace Ferret reporting on Newsday.com that to vote in person today, you must be a registered voter and go to your designated polling site to cast a ballot. The locations of these sites are listed on the Suffolk County Board of Election website. All absentee ballots must either be postmarked or delivered in person to the Suffolk County Board of Elections in Yapang today to be counted. When the polls close tonight, officials will tabulate the votes cast today in addition to those cast during the early voting period that ended Sunday in races with close results absentee ballots will be counted and final tallies might not be known for another week i remember going to witness the absentee ballot uh count process in yaphank uh, back in 2011 as a cub reporter on shelter island uh, for the reporter it was a fascinating, uh, very interesting thing to do. Um, voters seeking to confirm their polling site locations. Again, you can go online to voterlookup.elections.ny.gov. That's for the people that are like, I know I'm registered to vote, but I can't remember where my polling site is. You can also call. Suffolk voters can call the BOE at 631 854 4,500. You can also go to vote411.org. In other news, at the encouragement of New York State Assemblyman Fred Thiel, Assembly Speaker Carl Heasty recently toured the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreation Center, during which he sat down to play a round of chess with their chess coach, Mr. Ulysses. Beth Young in East End Beacon reporting that according to the center, Mr. Heasty spent time talking with each of the teachers and asking their stories, toured the grounds, and enjoyed their organic garden and fields, culminating with a pledge of $250,000 to renovate the center's youth building for a new preschool. Quote, for our East End underserved, affordable child care, or just child care is often hard to find in our community. This funding will allow us to continue our mission of serving our East End marginalized children and families. That quote from the one and only Bonnie Michelle Cannon, Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreation Center's Executive Director. Uh, thank you, Speaker Heasty. Uh, she continued, and a special thank you to Assemblyman Fred Thiel for your continued support. Your commitment to the education and well-being of the children in our community is truly remarkable. The newly refurbished building will provide a safe, nurturing, and inspiring environment where our children can learn and grow. And quote, again, that's Bonnie Cannon. Also in East Hampton this past Sunday afternoon, the rally for Israel and peace at Herrick Park drew about 500 people, including the entire East Hampton clericus, according to rally organizer Mitchell Agoose and uh, Rabbi Josh Franklin of the Jewish Center of the Hamptons. Joining Rabbi Franklin were Cantor Deborah Stein, Rabbi who has served Jewish Center of the Hamptons for over 30 years. And there were other South Fork rabbis present, plus Protestant uh, ministers and Catholic priests serving congregations from Montauk to Southampton. Elected officials in attendance included East Hampton Village Mayor L Jerry Larson, East Hampton Town Deputy Supervisor Kathy Burke-Gonzalez, New York State Senator Anthony Palumbo, Congressman Nick LaLota, Southampton Town Supervisor Jay Schneiderman, Southampton Village Mayor Bill Manger, New York State Assemblyman Fred Thiel, among other local government leaders. The gathering, by all accounts, was a peaceful one with a spirit of unified support for Israel and a just peace. Rabbi Franklin announced, quote, In a week's time, I'll be on a plane headed to Israel because Israel needs my support. It needs our support now more than ever. I want peace. Israel wants peace. We all want peace, end quote. And finally, here in Southampton, the British are coming on Sunday, November 12th at 3 p.m. in Agawam Park. Uh, Southampton Village 
a British uh, Army veteran and a Royal Air Force veteran from Southampton, England, will present two wreaths in honor of American service men and women. Uh, of course, Saturday being Veterans Day, we'll be observing it on Friday. This is the first time that Southampton, New York, will be linked with our sister city, Southampton, England, at least in a public way such as this. I've met a bunch of guys from Southampton, England over the years uh, because of the Southampton Golf Club. They have a relationship with them and go back and forth uh, playing golf with one another. It's a, But this will be a very special public event with presentations by both sides of the Atlantic Bagpipers and the Southampton High School Chorus. Uh, we're asking all, uh, or uh, it looks like Bob Grisnick is, Colonel Grisnick is asking all Southampton veterans to please join the ceremony of respect and appreciation. Uh, again, Sunday, November 12th in Agawam Park at 3 p.m. Uh, the event this Sunday, in addition to Southampton Village's regular Veterans Day ceremony, which will pl- take place on Saturday, November 11th at 11 a.m., also in Agawam Park. All members of the public uh, invited to join both events. Questions go to Bill Jones at 631-276-8825. Does he do honor flight? I believe so. All right, we're going to read uh, the weather in Sag Harbor in honor of Will Pomerantz, the director of The Crucible, uh, the next literature live presentation at Bay Street Theater. Uh, when is that going to be happening? Let me look at my notes. Da, 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 da. Oh, it looks like they're going to be so they're they're beginning they began school performances on Monday. Um they're running through November twenty-sixth, but on November eleventh, on that Saturday, they're gonna be offering a free performance to veterans uh during their official red carpet evening show. Uh so baystreet.org. For more information and for uh, tickets, again, if you're a veteran, looks like you could just go on Veterans Day. Um, And the matinee that day is offered to individuals of diverse abilities. It's going to be a sensory-friendly format. So be aware that the matinee that day on Veterans Day for those with uh, sensory uh, limitations or or other, you know, uh, it's going to be a sensory-friendly show. Uh, So we're going to read the weather in SAG. Looks like a 20% chance of showers before 10 a.m. in Sag Harbor Village. Cloudy through mid-morning. Then gradually clearing with a high near 65 degrees on Election Day. Southwest wind 14 to 16 miles per hour. Gusting as high as 26. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 40 degrees. Northwest wind around 14 miles per hour. Right now it's 59 Degrees. Uh, we've actually got a grief edition planned for you today. Grief, very important to talk about, especially as we head into the holiday season and uh, certainly as we head into Veterans Day weekend. Uh, as as uh, wonderful as it is to celebrate our veterans uh, from uh, talking, speaking with many of such, uh, it can be a tough day uh, for our servicemen and women remembering their uh, fallen siblings uh, overseas or even here uh, in the States. Um, So we're going to be speaking with Jean Behrens from East End Hospice at the bottom of the next hour to talk about a holiday, Hope for the Holidays bereavement program for adults and children. Um, Let's see where we're going to start today. Mm-hmm. You know, I had all these hands tracks. I'm scrapping them. I was looking for extra time. Uh, I, I, so we're going to get started with grief with Ashley McCleary. But uh, just one, you know, uh, in honor of the changing seasons, we've got Ashley McBride's The Jacket from The Girl Going Nowhere record. Ashley McCleary's Gather from the Grief EP. Then Grief Joy's The Tide from the Godspeed record, Mary Lambert, write you a song on deck with the Grief Creature record of 2019. Then one from the Carinchia, Stephen Wilson Jr., Grief is Only Love from the Son of Dad record of 2023, staying in 2023 with Clean Cut Kids, Grief 
from A Crisis of Faith at the Death of a Loved One record right after that. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Ashley McBride, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to the Weekday Morning and Midnight Show featuring music from all decades and genres, uh, interviews with folks from all walks of life. It's all because of you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM. Uh, recorded live from the WLIWFM studio, broadcast to 88.3 on your FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County, streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio. It's got a hole in the elbow, bandana pocket, silver button missing from the snap at the bottom. I said, that thing's seen better days, daddy, you should toss it. And he just said, darling, I can't. This thing is 2,000 bonfires, a hitchhike to Boulder. It's kept a million raindrops off your mama's shoulders. My heart on the sleeve, my life in these patches. Then he wrapped his arms around me in that old jean jacket. It's been a bed for a hound dog, a picnic blanket. Tried to take it from me Seen Willie Nelson play Four or five states The best thing Levi ever made We strung Four miles of barbed wire In Corinth, Mississippi Spent a night in county jail With an old drunk And a hippie It's my heart on the sleeve It's my life in these patches With his arms wrapped around me And that old Jean jacket It ain't much to look at But he let me have it So I could feel his arms around me In that old Jean jacket Hey, you know what else is going on this Saturday, Veterans Day? The East End Food Market is reopening for their winter season. They've got the big tent on the corner of 105 and uh, Main Road as they, uh, you know, get the new building up and ready. So if you're looking to support local this Saturday, you can do so at the East End Food Market. I know you're afraid Right in Riverhead Sing anyway Alright, bringing it down a little bit, huh, Ashley? And I'll sing with you the Stay tuned for Will Pomerantz, the director of The Crucible at Bay Street Theater. You're listening to WLIWFM. This is my 
from Ashley McCleary's 2019 record, Grief, leading us into the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour, a little after midnight if you're listening to the replay. That means it's time for our Hot Studio segment, underwritten by Peconic Landing. We're speaking with the director of The Crucible, an Arthur Miller classic, uh, during uh, Bay Street's Literature Live series uh you guys have been running crucible performances since monday at schools is that right yeah we do uh, as part of this program uh we do school matinees uh we just started the first one yesterday it was very exciting to see the students taking in this play and uh, we'll continue those matinees and then we begin public performances this, this thursday right. night which i'm excited about right yeah. And of course, uh, as we mentioned a little earlier, you've got two special performances on Saturday. You have a sensory-friendly matinee on Saturday as well as, uh, or are they one and the same, the free event for for veterans? Yes. um, Veterans can come to either performance, the sensory-sensitive performance, which is the matinee at 2, or our official opening night, which is Saturday at 7. So either one free to veterans. The sensory-sensitive performance is for the neurodiverse community, whether they're people on the spectrum or have other uh, qualitating factors regarding how they perceive stimuli. So we're really proud of that, and we make a special version of the show that's – welcoming to that community. I can't, I can't thank you enough for doing that. Yeah. Well, That's... it's, it's been really, it's been, a, I've learned a lot from doing it. Uh, we have, this, uh, we've worked with some specialists who came in and gave us feedback on the show, watched a run through and we've made some modifications in terms of light and sound and some acting choices, but uh, excited. Yeah. Very excited. cool to, make, excited. to yeah. make it more accessible. And also extra cool that you've been teaching this in schools. Uh, this reading the crucible in school uh, looking back, it's one of the pieces that made uh, the biggest impact on me and my development, uh, my thinking as a person and my knowledge um, about the country. You know, more or less, it's a true story. It's it's set in uh, the backdrop of the Salem witch trials in the 17th 
century. Uh, but there are some, uh, you know, uh, changes from what occurred or, or uh, uh, you know, from what actually happened. But it's a true story. And, you know, mm-hmm. particularly Tituba stays with me and her yes. uh, her story and uh this is really it's it's a story that doesn't go away as far as um importance in society sadly because it leads right back to sort of uh, mass hysteria and 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 mob mob thinking and and what can happen yeah yeah i mean and uh it was when it was written miller did uh look back at those original materials yes you know the documents of that period during the witch trials and of course found these uncanny parallels to the mccarthy period and right. he wrote the play you know as a response to what he had experienced uh sadly uh the play continues to be relevant right. uh right now very much so both in terms of the dangers of a society that acts in fear right. uh, and what can happen uh, in that kind of action. The, the importance of the idea of truth and how does one find it? How does one know it's a truth? And one, once one knows it, what must one do to defend it? And what's, right. what is one willing to do to defend it, which is right. the case of John Proctor. Um, it's a, you know, besides being an important play, it's kind of a crackling good play. It's got so many wonderful elements in it, it has courtroom drama within it. It has a love story within it and love intrigue. Uh, the couple at the center, John Proctor and Elizabeth Proctor, who are estranged at the beginning of the play, find a, their way back together again in a very beautiful way. Of course, in a tragic way because of the ending of the play, and which is, again, based on real events. Um, but I'm also, I would just also share that it's a thrilling cast of local actors, many of whom will be very familiar to people who go to plays out here. But Joe Pallister as John Proctor, it's a monumental role, and he just really delivers the goods. I'm really thrilled to work with him. I've been a fan. Yeah, Joe and Anna Schiavone of the beloved Schiavone family here in Sac Harbor is in the show. There There are two couples in the show. Meg Gibson and Keith Redeen. Keith is a very well-known playwright and also an actor, and Meg is a wonderful actress. They're in the show. That's one of their couples. The other couple is the head of our education outreach program, Alan O'Reilly, and his wife, Teresa DeBerry. Oh, I love that. Matthew, yeah, and Matthew Conlon, who's done a lot of shows recently. Uh, Abigail Williams, who's a really important figure in the play, is played yes. by Kate Fitzgerald, who was involved um, with Double Helix this past summer, the, the new musical we've created. So it's just a powerhouse cast we've assembled for this. I'm really excited to share it with the community. So uh, what was it like? What was the whole process of putting putting the Crucible together uh, like for you as director? Yeah, it's interesting because it's, it's of course, a, a very well-known play, but yes. when you really start to dig into it, you really realize uh, Arthur Miller's brilliance in the way that he structures the play. I think the challenges that were a couple of things. Um, one is how to humanize these characters and make them feel very of this moment and now, uh, particularly in terms of the students, because we didn't want it to feel sort of distanced from them. Oh, this is some sort of ancient history. And we made some choices in terms of the clothing, so it didn't seem so pilgrimy, as oh, it were, Puritan-y. Right. Uh, so it has a nod to that period but it feels much more of this moment, cool. uh, but I, which I think is good for everybody. Frankly, did you, did you, uh, did you uh, shape language at all then as well? Uh, not really. Uh, there was, uh, there are a couple of locutions that we shifted, but mostly we tried to honor the language and just find a way to own it for the actors to really feel like, oh, this is something that would organically come from my mouth. And that's an interesting challenge, but I think they've really risen to that challenge. And it feels, again, uh, very human and very um, approachable in their in their hands. So I'm really that's one thing I'm really proud of. I think people will find, yes, you know, there there is a beauty in this language, and I didn't really want to tamper with it too much. Um, but they, I think we found a way to deliver it in a way that's really pleasurable. So, so you mentioned yesterday was the first. Uh, school performance. How did it go? Did you have a talk back? And if so, what did what what did the kids say? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I mean, yesterday, due to this their schedules, they weren't able to remain for a talk back. Okay. But it's really one can tell 
very quickly whether a group of students is engaged by a right. play, yeah. you know, by their posture. Are they leaning forward? Or are they talking to each other? Uh, no one was on their phone, which we considered a kind of major victory at this point. Um, and there's a there's a really funny thing. A, f- a friend of mine who works a lot in education told me that there's a sound you don't want to hear in a student matinee, and that's the sound of a cell phone hitting the floor. Why does it hit the floor? Because it's in someone's pocket and they're falling asleep in the chair, leaning back, and the phone falls onto the floor. So I was, I was, ha- I'm happy to report there were no sounds of cell phones falling yesterday. So I think Excellent. That that's barometer. Great. I love it. Yeah. We're so excited. Um, it's so so. Yeah. Opening is. This Saturday, will you have other run-throughs or, or it's just you're going to be using, you're going to be doing these school performances, I imagine, straight through this week? Yes, they do. It's an interesting combination. Half of the performances are school matinees, half are public. Uh, so, again, the first performance is this Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And then the, the same model will continue early in the week. We do the school performances. Oh, cool. Weekends are the public performances. So And it runs for three weekends. So the, the first public performance is November 6th. The last one is November 26th. So kind of easy to remember that run. Right, and we right. would, again, I'm, I really would love people to both witness this play and get be reminded just what a good play it is. And also to see these wonderful actors work. And there's beautiful design elements as well. The, I mentioned the clothing, but the set is great. The lighting, there's an original score that was created for this production by a local composer, David Brandenburg, which really? is kind of has a wonderful, yeah, it has like a wonderful, almost like bar talk feeling about it. It's string based and really exciting and kind of cinematic. I really, really love. Oh, that's very cool. So, I yeah, love there's that. There's a lot on offer. Okay, yeah. so so baystreet.org for your tickets. And do you mind just sharing what, where you, what, who, what schools will get to witness the Crucible this month? Yeah, I think they're. There was someone. There was a school from uh, a group from North Babylon yesterday. Pearson, of course. I think all of these area schools uh, will ultimately reach over three thousand uh, students just in this short run. Phenomenal. So uh, it's a lot of a lot of students. And I think we've in the in the life of the program we've served over forty thousand students. Uh, this is the 15th anniversary of this program that allows us to share the work with students. But uh, it's a pretty wide radius. We cover lots of Long Island that yeah. uh, come to see the show. It's which unbelievable. We're really proud of. You know, I, I, yeah. happy anniversary. And if you don't mind, uh, the last question, if you don't mind just sharing a little bit more about Literature Live and, and what it's done as, as you've just been doing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is the brainchild of Tracy Mitchell. She was struck 15 years ago by the, well, remembering how important those early performances for her of live theater were and how they really changed her trajectory. And then she was observing that her daughter, who was in school locally, uh, wasn't having as many of those opportunities. So she took it upon herself to, you know, uh, fill that need, fulfill nice. that need. She saw the need and she figured out a way to fulfill it. And and thus we have this program, which from the beginning has always been a combination of of education and outreach and as an offering to the community. Deep so that's, bow. Deep bow, and it's, Tracy it's, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's tied to, of course, the curriculums. It'll be something that they are reading in the high school, and it's a way of them encountering it in a completely different way. So instead of just the words on the page, suddenly you have live actors in front of you. So besides, you know, sharing plays or, or, uh, or adapted pieces of literature for the stage, it's for some, some of these students, it's their first experience going to live theater. Right. So we think that's a part, an important part of the mission as well and help to build future audiences for super, live theater. Super important and an apt moment for kids to be seeing and students to be seeing The Crucible for everyone, really, baystreet.org. Yeah, yeah. uh, the first public performance will be Thursday night, you said, yeah? Correct, this Thursday. And all the evening performances are at 7 p.m. I would note that too. 7 p.m. And then there's some matinees sprinkled in there. You just have to check our website for the exact times and dates. Of course, that, that sensory-friendly matinee will be this Saturday at the at two, evening. 2 p.m. Yes, and the yep. evening 7 p.m. performance will be the red carpet, red carpet free performance for veterans. Baystreet.org for more information. So grateful to you, Will Pomerantz, the director of The Crucible, for the 15th 
anniversary uh, season of literature live at Bay Street Theater. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Will Pomerantz. This is Grief Joy. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you just heard the Hot Studio segment underwritten by Peconic Landing right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. People have changed and yet they all stay the same Knock, knock me down Yesterday so far gone Feels like I just woke up from the longest night Knock, knock me down Hide, I want you hide Be left alone on my own Yet I don't mind from all decades and genres interviews with from all walks of life with folks from all walks of life all because of you finally understand what they're singing about all the heartbeats shooting stars cliches and now here i am singing not the same phrases can't help it when i see your face it's you got me hooked on your good love your good light you got me hooked and you're all 
heart, my hands that painted truth is nothing else but a sea of you. My God, you put my words to use. The missing piece to me is you. Stephen Wilson Jr. You get a little bit of it all here on the Morning and Midnight Show, the heart of the East End on WLIWFM. It's the grief edition. Life is a battlefield, and it'll drag you right through hell. Bites like a rattlesnake, the kind that you just don't see on the trail. I miss my father every day The kind of pain I pray don't fade away And the ones above guide me down the road Yeah, grief is only love that's got no place to go love from the bottom of the heart of the East End for all those out there grieving someone or something 
hoping that if there's a moment where you've come on the other side of the steps, that's all that's that all that is left is the love, although it can come back at any time. Uh, warding away any grief police in your future or present. Let people grieve how they will. My goodness. This is Clean Cut Kid. Grief. WLIWFM. Stretches your heart like a rubber band. Sweet but not sweet like sugar. It's bitter and tart and gritty like sand. It takes you on heart, a flickering candle. Constantly giving me all I can handle. Till I can't describe how it's saturated. You better notice my style, my head. You didn't call, you didn't wait. I could just slap you right here on your face. Well, oh my girl, the tables are turned. I'm on the stage on my hand like a bird. I got the trash in my tank. Say bye to your face because you locked up my chain. Say bye to all that you passed. All right. I'm not sure, but I looked ahead on the lyrics and I saw a bunch of like at symbol followed by. What do they call it? They call it a hashtag now, right? It used to be 
a pound sign once upon a time, dollar sign, percent sign, at symbol, yeah, I don't know. And it just goes on and on and on. It made me nervous. Nervous enough to turn on a little Zorba the Greek. This one for my Greek friends out there. This is for all of us. Come on. We'll enjoy it. I'll lead you into the NPR News break with the radio department. It's personal from their pet grief record. <laughs> 